I appreciate being here today and being able to uh, do something pastoral, uh, which is bring devotions to a meeting. And uh, I, uh, I appreciate this opportunity. <clears throat> we are in the uh, middle of the Winter Olympics. Uh, so this is when we all say, yay, Team USA, right? Yay, Team USA, that's the thing. Uh, but it's different this year uh, because of the pandemic and because of the heightened awareness of political and social issues that have made this set of Olympics a real challenge for people. Russia is banned, so they have identified themselves as the ROC. That stands for the Russian Olympic Committee. Uh, they've identified as something other than what they are. The uh, television station, NBC, the other NBC, is boldly providing broadcasting from their offices in Connecticut of the Beijing Olympics this year. <clears throat> Athletes are instructed to clap, but not to shout because shouting spreads germs. And CNN says that this Olympics is setting records in awkwardness. Uh, so that's the situation that we have right now in the world. It's a thing that we're all used to, the Winter Olympics, but it's all very different because the world changed, not because the athletes changed. And this is an example basically of people that aren't working together so well uh, this Olympics, it's the way it's coming across. And the Bible tells us that things go much better if people work together. It says that actually in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 12, where it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls down and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three stand, strands is not easily broken. We're pretty familiar with this passage of scripture that, uh, that tells us what it's like to be a part of a team, to work with others, and to work together. And uh, I'm really glad to be a part of Team Nazarene. Uh, I've been on this team my entire life, uh, and we have had some times when we work together, and those are good times. But by heritage, you might say that uh, I grew up on Team Holy Roller, okay? At least that's the name we knew ourselves by back in those days. Uh, in southern Ohio, a little town, growing up on a farm outside of a small town, I consider that I probably grew up in the most conservative 1% of homes in America. If we just moved one notch more conservative, we would have been Amish, okay? Our preachers were from God's Bible School in Cincinnati, uh, my, my pastor's wives always had buns in their hair, long sleeves, long dress, no matter what time of the day or what, what time of the year it was. That's the way it was. And when I was a part of Team Holy Roller back in those days, we had a lot of rules. And we actually loved those rules a lot. Uh, we lived by them and we loved them. You know, uh, we went to church three times a week. Uh, there were special rules in my home. I could shoot a gun six days a week, but never on Sunday. Never allowed to shoot a gun on Sunday. That was by my dad's convictions. Uh, or the fact that he liked Sunday afternoon naps. I'm not sure one of those uh, one of those affected that. But my dad, we kind of inherited his convictions, and he he would never go to he hated sports and would never go to a sporting event in an arena because he believed that the uh, major league baseball stadiums would be used to persecute Christians someday, and he didn't want to have any part of that. So uh, <clears throat> I, I read the definition of woke the other day, and it says to be well informed in a political or cultural sense. So I can say that as a part of Team Holy Roller, Nazarene, 1960s, we were Nazarene woke. We knew what it was all about, and we did it. And I'm very glad for that because that's the culture that nurtured me in faith. That's the culture that, that um, 
that welcomed my 11-year-old call to be a minister. That's the culture that taught me that the Holy Spirit had as a desire to enter into the hearts of saved people for a process and, a, and an event called entire sanctification. So I'm, I am glad for that. I'm also still kind of glad that I'm not back there because the Bengals are playing in the Silver Bowl this Sunday night, and I would have had a moral dilemma as to which was more important where I was supposed to be on that event. And I'm certain what the answer would have been back in then. You're on church on Sunday night. Um, so I, I don't have any real desire to go back to the rules that I love so much and all those things back then. But I do want to make sure that I'm a part of God's team and that I'm a part of Team Nazarene where he's placed me. So um, I, I suppose every Bible college devotional needs a Greek word. Uh, so today's is oikonomia. Okay, it's that combination of oikos, which means house, and nomos, which means law. And it's the household management. It's the law of the house or the, the household economy. It's basically the way God runs things. Now, back when I was on Team Holy Roller, we were very convinced that God was running things, and this is how it had to be. And it's probably been that way all through my life, all over the last 50 years, has caused things to change a whole lot. But I did learn things um, back in that culture and, and on the various teams that I've been a part of. Grew up on a farm. I also learned some things about being a part of Team Farm, which uh, Team Farm could have also been named Team You Work All Day or You Don't Eat Ever, because uh, that's kind of the way it was. It was just a, the, the way it was supposed to be. And a lot of these lessons came from my, my dad that we, uh, we had a lot of tasks on the farm and we uh, harvested corn. So you have to erase from your mem from your, your mind here, these giant monstrosities that harvest 40 feet wide swaths of corn. Go back to a one row corn picker with a flatbed wagon where ears of corn are plopping into it, okay? So um, my dad would bring one of those in and my job was to take an aluminum scoop shovel and shovel out the 100 bushel of corn into an elevator, goes up into the green bin. <clears throat> and um, we, we did that uh, a lot. And my dad taught me lessons in those days. He said, if you move an ear of corn with your shovel, that's one that I don't have to. We'll be done earlier. You can also imagine how thrilled I was when we actually got what was called a gravity bed wagon, the shape thing that's shaped like a funnel, where instead of scooping it out with a shovel, you turn a valve and it all flows out the bottom. I also learned the, the childhood joy of grain surfing. Uh, you know how the grain going down the elevator creates this swirl, this little tornado of things. Trust me, it's about as dangerous as anything you can do, and no child should ever do this. But I did survive that and learned that during those days. But the lesson of sticking together, because two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one stumbles, the others don't go and kick them and say, get out of here, you didn't do right. They pick each other up. And, and, and they stay warm together, and they're family together, and they're close together. So I'm on Team Nazarene. My mission is to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. That, that's, a big, that's a big deal. That's more than one preacher can do. So I need a lot of preachers on Team Nazarene. We all do. We need lots of really good teachers that know how to go into the 5,000 churches in North America and the 24,000 or so across the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to a team that will pool our funds and support each other and do the things that really you can only do in a denomination when you're part of Team Nazarene. So as a part of Team Nazarene, 
I'm also aware of Team Nazarene Bible College. And that's a great thing because we are building preachers. You are building preachers for one of the toughest pastoral environments that I've ever seen in my life. I probably thought it was it was tough back in, I guess, 1986 when I first started this uh, this preaching thing and pastoring thing. But uh, to be honest, having been out of out of uh, pastoral ministry for 14 years, it looks pretty scary out there to me. Uh, the world has changed. The environment has changed. So you guys are building preachers that have to be tougher than anything. They have to be tough, hard, focused, pushed, driven. And, uh, and the Lord needs these kind of preachers. <clears throat> so you are the people that are involved with some of the other schools and and making preachers that will glorify Jesus Christ, our Lord, by preparing adults to evangelize, disciple, and minister to the world. You, that's what you do. You build these people because God needs holiness preachers that will boldly proclaim, not timidly announce, but boldly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, I'm, I'm thankful today that God has put me on some teams and Please let me be a part of Team Nazarene. And I'm also grateful that for 10 or 11 minutes, maybe now, uh, the Lord has allowed me to participate and have a little time to hang out with Team Nazarene Bible College. And uh, so I'm, I am glad he has given me this opportunity to not just, uh, not just hang out with you, but to also lead you in a moment of prayer. So let's go to that. Our Father, I'm thankful for uh, these uh, friends who you have called placed and uh, given a vision and a responsibility to produce preachers, shepherds, disciple makers that will lead the churches. And I'd ask, Lord, that you just bless that effort. In fact, Lord, may everything else that's happened in this meeting today be glorifying to you. May it work well and, uh, and may, it, uh, may it have your anointing and your touch. Bless Dr. Sherwood as he leads this place, Lord, as he leads this institution and the other leaders and the teachers and the students. For there are people unsaved out there in the world, probably that don't even know the name Nazarene yet, that are someday going to be studying to be disciple makers, that are going to be studying to be pastors in this institution. So, Lord, I'd ask that you'd bless the entire effort and make it happen. Thank you for this good day. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for giving me this time. Amen. 